the Emmys, the Golden Globes, the American Music Awards. All these are great award show. But have you heard about the infamous Cannabis Cup? Well, my next guest will talk all about that and more. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. On the Good Dudes Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Hey everybody, welcome back to Good Dudes Grow 2.0. I'm your host, Gary Roberts, and today I have a Floridian native, a university graduate from Pace University in New York, flew all the way to California from there, ended up jet-setting musicians and comedians around the world, and then somehow ended up at a cannabis magazine. Mark Kazant is the director of competitions for High Times Magazine running the Cannabis Cups and Hemp Cup across the United States and beyond to identify and award the best cannabis brands and products in each state. His goal is to provide a platform to spotlight brands, large and small, new and old, and get their products in the hands of new consumers and to gather real, honest feedback from judges that these brands can use to continue improving their products. I have the mayor. The people know him as Kaz, the one and only Mark Kaznick. Mark, thanks for coming to the show, buddy. Thank you so much, Gary. It is a pleasure to be here on Good Dudes Grow. <laughs> so listen, uh, I'm sure everybody's wondering, going, okay, so he went from Florida to New York, became a marketing major at Pace University. You know, he's got everything going for him. And then all of a sudden he goes, why is he doing this cannabis thing? What's going on? So give us a little rundown, a little short version of how you went from Florida to L.A. Absolutely. Um, yeah, born and raised in the sunny shores of South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. And then when I was 13, family moved over to Cleveland, Ohio. Big change. Hated it at first. Why am I here in the crazy cold snow after going from the beaches of Florida? Um, So that was a miserable move at first. But then I really enjoyed Cleveland, Ohio. Good people, good morals, education, just good values out there. Um, So really, uh, really respect all the people in the Midwest and uh, started to like that. And then uh, so that was for middle school and high school. Finished up that. And then I moved out to New York City for college. Yep. Went to Pace University, Lower Manhattan, studied marketing, advertising, promotions, all that jazz. Um, Loved New York City. It is a amazing, amazing energy out there. Um, And I miss it every day. Um, And now it's recreationally legal and you can roll joints and smoke it on the street. So hell yes. Amazing how that's a change of events. Exactly. (laughs) I used to have to hide in the alleyways when I was in college over there and just be like, you know, ducking, ducking and friends getting picked up for dime bags. It was ridiculous. But um, New York was great. And then I got a job out there in a suit and tie traditional marketing firm it was so boring. I was so miserable. Um, so I had a friend who was out in Los Angeles and he was like, Hey man, the entertainment industry is out is, is great out here. You would crush it. You know, you probably have fun. Um, and you know, we had, I had watched Entourage at one point and I was like, Oh my God, what a cool life. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, let me, let, let me try my hand in this. So I flew out there, slept on a friend's couch for a week, interviewed at wherever would have me to interview with them. Um, so different like talent agencies and management companies that represented actors, directors, comedians, musicians, and so on and so forth. Got a job in the wonderful mailroom at United Talent Agency. 
And uh, everybody's everybody's dream. Everybody's dream. Everybody's dream. You literally, even if a PhD, a law degree, a master's degree, you have to start in the mailroom. That is like the, the, the trenches that you have to grind through to make it in that industry. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, so suit and tie, pushing mail carts to crazy A-type personality agents who would be like, yeah, just leave the mail there and leave. Um, so that was fun. And then after that, I progressed to a music desk. So becoming an, an assistant for a music agent. Um, so at that time I was working for, you know, a couple people who were representing Bob Seeger and Jerry Seinfeld and Hall and Oates and Rick Springfield, who does Jesse's girl, all that fun stuff. So a lot of classic rock acts helping to book them on tour, um, then moved over to a different talent agency. Uh, a friend referred me there and was like, I think you'd be, you'd be better over here. And it was actually a little step up between talent agencies. Instead of doing music touring, I was doing stand-up comedy touring. So booking music, uh, comedians on tour, concerts, theaters, whatever else, Gabriel Iglesias, Frank Caliendo, some SNL members, so on and so forth. And then that company that I was with, I did that for about two and a half years, slow movement, talent agency world, just, you know, hey, you're going to become an agent soon. You'll be an agent soon. A lot of promises, not a lot of delivering. High times uh, came into our world. We were booking their festivals. So all the Cannabis Cup live festivals, they were getting musicians from us. They were getting comedians from us. So we were helping to, to bring the talent and the entertainment to their festivals. I got close with those guys at high times. They were like, we could, we like you. We could use you. Why don't you come on board? I actually declined at first because I thought, no, I'm gonna, you know, I've been in this agency world for three, four years. Let me stick it out. And uh, yeah, six months later, I was fed up and I was like, all right, high times, let's do this. So, so, so I'm going to cut you off right there because that's not really kind of like how it happened. Like on the last one, you didn't really say you're fed up, but kind of, there's a little backstory behind that. Is it not like, kind of like, kind of like well, it was going so, to the parking uh, lot and drive away kind of thing. <laughs> oh, 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 um, well you might be referring to, so when I was going from one talent agency to the next, oh, okay. my, my, my boss was essentially like, Hey, I'm leaving the company today. You have an hour to decide if you're going to come with us. We don't usually bring people, but we want to bring you meet us in the parking lot and drive away silently or go back to your desk and pretend like we never had this conversation. And who knows what's going to happen to you? We don't know. So I was like, holy shit. If I can, if I can say that on the show, <laughs> you're, you're fine. You can say, it. all right, good. Um, you know, this is six months into, into living in LA and I was like, wow, like this is welcome to Hollywood. Welcome to LA. Um, so I decided to go with them. I asked for, you know, a little bit more money. They were like, all right, fine. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll go with you. So I left silently from that company, walked into the parking lot and, and drove away with them. And then, you know, all the Hollywood Reporter and Variety and, you know, all the publications, you know, broke the news that the, the head of the music department left to a new agency. I was, you know, I was part of that assistant. I wasn't mentioned in the, in the press release or whatever, but it was so fun. It was crazy. Um, and then fast forward, yeah, two and a half years, three years later, I was just, you know, working my ass off day and night over time and, and being promised that I would be uh, promoted. And it just didn't happen in a, in a quick enough time. And then, yeah, you know, with the, with the, uh, the introduction to high times and those guys saying, Hey, we could use you, you know, now's the time we're hiring for somebody that would, you know, we're hiring for a role that you would fit well in. I couldn't really refuse it any longer. longer. Did so. you give it like kind of like the hour notice, like saying, Hey, listen, I'm leaving the company in an hour. You get an hour to decide whether you're going to keep me or not. <laughs> exactly. I should have. No, I gave a proper two weeks, helped train my replacement, you know, being a good guy, being a good dude. There you go. Um, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So that was fun. And then, uh, and then that was my, my first start to high times. For, for a lot of people listening who 
I, and I'm sure because a lot of a lot of our people who are listening are our first responders. Stuff, they may or may not know. High Times has actually been in the business for a long time. You know, it's only been, what twenty years younger than when Playboy started. It's what Playboy started in '54. You guys started in what '78 or something? I think '74. Yeah, 1974. So it's like a twenty year difference, and you guys. It's like I heard you saw one of the podcasts. It's basically yet. Everybody's saying, okay, there's two things happening in my bed. I got high times and Playboy. Playboy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Keeping it under the mattress away from the parents. So tell me a little bit about more about high times. Like why did it intrigue you a little bit more to go there? Um, I mean, you know, I, I knew high times. Um, a lot of people in my world know high times. You know, I've been indulging in cannabis since high school. Um, but uh yeah, globally recognized cannabis brand that's been around for so long. It's got a great, rich, robust history. And, you know, kind of filling everybody in, it started in 1974, Tom Fassad, who was just a drug smuggler, literally smuggling pounds and pounds, you know, on a small Cessna plane, you know, around the country, uh, around the world, bringing, you know, cannabis to, to different places. And he had an underground newspaper syndicate that eventually turned into High Times magazine. It was all about counterculture, all about, you know, just different drugs. Even the first cover was a girl holding a mushroom about to eat a mushroom. So it wasn't just cannabis. It was everything, you know, psychedelics, narcotics, every every piece of counterculture, even graffiti tagging, just anything that the police didn't like it, High Times loved it. So they were writing about that, educating people, you know, how to grow in your in your basement, how to find great, you know, mushrooms and how to take them properly. So all about science, politics, the businesses, the underground cultures of it all. And uh, it slowly progressed. And then the Cannabis Cups came into play in the 80s in Amsterdam. So starting in the first ever competition to see who has the best weed in the game. So people would gather from all over the world in Amsterdam and submit their best products for judging. It, it, it's from what a lot of people don't understand. It was started in Amsterdam by the same person that actually became a high times editor. Am I correct? Um, yeah. Well, so it was started by uh, a story behind that. People. Yeah. It started by a few, a few different people within the company. And then Steve Hager was the one who really expanded it into the United States and outside of Amsterdam. Um, and that's where we see it a little bit more, you know, obviously very well recognized from the Amsterdam Cups, but now we're bringing it more to people on the ground here in the United States through that expansion into the United States. And uh, yeah, we're looking to bring it. I'm hoping to bring it to even more countries this year in 2022 uh, so we can continue expanding this this footprint. So, so I'm sorry. sorry that, that's, that, that's, 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 that's pretty much amazing. Give us a little how do you, backstage of what it's like. Cause a lot of people are thinking like they have no idea what it's like. Cause this is really one of the biggest cannabis events, like you said, in the world. And it's not just like, okay, everybody goes there and you know, it lights up and says, Oh yeah, this tastes good. And like, let's want to cut there. There's a lot of entertainment. There's a lot that goes into it. Give us a little backstage kind of visualization of what's going on for those people listening. Absolutely. So first and foremost, Cannabis Cup is a competition. We want to identify and award the best cannabis products in each territory that we hosted in. So that is the that is the main pride and joy and the reason of these Cannabis Cups. Um, it expanded, as I mentioned, in, into the United States, and we started doing events around it, full-scale music and cannabis festivals. So first, we are doing the competition aspect where we're getting some of the top quality products from different brands or different cultivators, processors, etc., Submitting those products to us, we create these judge kits, which are going to be sample packs of different products within that category. So we'll do different categories like indica flower, hybrid flower, sativa flower. Then we do a pre-rolls category. We do a concentrates category. We do a vape pens category. 
different edibles categories. We'll even do topicals, tinctures, capsules in, in certain markets. So people are submitting their best products into these categories saying, I have the best of this category. We create those sample packs. We would usually have thousands of people apply to be, have the chance to be a judge. That was the classic model. We would then have about 200 kits and choose about 200 judges who would be these hand-selected judges. You had to know somebody at high time or you had to be, you know, a Willie Nelson or a Snoop Dogg or a Wiz Khalifa, just somebody that we know, all right, this is the person that we want to judge. So it was very rigorous and, and slim chances of actually getting chosen. That was going on all up until the pandemic hit. Now it's people's choice model. So it's way more democratized. It is open to the public. First come, first serve. You don't need to apply. You don't need to be a celebrity or a family or friend of high times. We're now creating not 200 judge kits, but 2,000 judge kits in most markets, distributing that out to different dispensaries across the state so that these dispensaries get a little bit of love. They get some traffic, people coming in to get these judge kits from them. And then these judges are buying them from the dispensary. They're taking them home and they're judging them over the course of 60 days on a high times online portal where they're, you know, for example, flower, they're, they're getting a backpack filled with 28 different one gram samples of, of 28 different strains from 28 different brands. And they're logging in, they're judging it. How does it look, taste, smell, feel, burn, and a whole short answer response form where they can say, you know, I took a hike with my girlfriend and we smoked this and I had crazy energy or I sat on the couch with my buddies, we ate a pizza and fell asleep. Whatever all those details is are, are, we want to hear that. And that goes back to the vendor so they can see exactly what people are saying, whether it's beautifully positive and, and enlightening or brutally negative and honest. And, you know, they need to hear it. So... That's cool. That sounds so cool. And are you, are you, a lot of this will be, is it virtual this year? Is, is that for 2022? Is that what's going on or? Yeah. So to kind of step back to your question. So the full scale festivals is, has, have been the model for years and years when live events weren't an issue. Um, so again, two to three day outdoor music festival and cannabis festival, 200 booths of cannabis brands that are promoting their brand in some markets where cannabis sales are, are legal and we get those permits. We allow that to happen. And then we have main stage uh, artists like Wu-Tang, Lauren Hill, you know, Phil Lesh and the Terrapin Band, Capital Cities, et cetera, playing on there. So it's a, it's a great festival for music, for cannabis enthusiasts. Get together, get some of the best weed that you can get in the game, have fun, smoke, listen to music. So it's cool. Pandemic hits. We can't do those anymore. So that's where we switch to this people's choice model. So it all is judging judging from home. And then we do this, we do the announce the winners on a digital award show uh, so that everybody can see it, which has been really great because typically for the events, only the only people who are watching the award show are the people at the event. Now we're getting people from all over the world who are watching in different states. They want to know what's going on in different areas of the world. People from India, Asia, Australia, they're tuning into these award shows. So we're getting a lot more of a worldwide audience on these award shows, which is just more eyeballs for the brands who are participating. So it's been going well so far, and uh, we're going to continue the People's Choice model, but hopefully get back to the to the actual real live events in person, uh, hopefully next year. So on the virtual one, just are you going to have like any guests, or is it just basically uh, we're just going to show the winners and that be it? Are you going to have any live live event, like not live events, but live shows on there that people can watch, or or pre recorded shows that are going to be added to the to the virtual? Not enter, enter, any entertainment on these shows right now. Um, it's mostly, you know, it's first and foremost just focused on the winners and, and the cannabis themselves. Um, you know, we've done a lot of research into our, our demographics of people who are fans of High Times and why they come to events, why they tune into these, these shows. 
And the majority of the responses are, sure, I might say for the music um, or, you know, yeah, I bought it, you know, I bought a ticket because Wu-Tang's playing, but like, I'm really here to get some of the best weed, figure out who the best weed uh, is coming from and to really network. So we're seeing a little bit more focus on that. People want to be able to easily digest the winners, get that out there, go to their, their dispensaries to pick up those, uh, those top ranking products. So as of now, no entertainment during the award shows, except for sometimes you'll see my goofy face on there and having some fun and making you laugh. <laughs> uh, that's not sure it'll be entertaining enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, uh, I, you know, actually just, you made me laugh. I forgot my, I forgot one of my questions I was going to ask for you. Oh, well, we got 2022 coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, I was just, that was part of my question. The 2022 cup coming up. I'm one of the, I'm one of the people that are looking like inter- maybe interested in actually putting my product in there. What, why would I, if you was, you was talking about it, why would I decide to go into the, the cup? What, what, what would I see out of it? What would I feel for it? What kind of like, give me a little, you know, spiel. A little, little, little spiel. So if anybody <laughs> else is listening, because I have, do have some other cannabis people that listen, that do have their own, their own brands that might be interested, that didn't know about it. Give us a little spiel on why we should join this cup. If you are a great cultivator or a great processor and you believe in your product and it's award-winning, this is the award to put your product to the test for. It's the Oscars of cannabis. It's the most globally recognized award in the cannabis industry. And there's a bunch of other great competitions, but uh, we believe and, and others believe and have given us feedback that this is really the, the award that matters most. And you have the backing of high times and, and the support of high times when you win these. So with the process, we're gathering a substantial amount of product from each vendor. We have essentially slashed the, uh, the previous entry fees. We used to charge people to enter and then get a small amount of product. Now we're essentially waiving those fees and gathering a larger amount of product. So we're getting about you know, 200, 228 different samples from each of your strains. That is fully branded, fully labeled exactly how you want people to see it. So it's not blind anymore, which is basically due to regulations. So you're getting your product into the hands of all of these new consumers, old consumers. You're getting impressions on that. We are promoting you throughout the competition. So it's a little bit extra promotions from high times, which we have a global reach. So it's, it's definitely uh, in your favor to have your, your brand on our, in our competition. Um, and we get these samples out to people in a nice way where they are providing this feedback and you guys get that feedback. So a lot of it is just the marketing aspect. A lot of it is the chance to win a, a competition, uh, an award from High Times, um, which also comes with winner perks. You know, we give you artwork assets, free print ads, some social exposure, et cetera. Um, and a lot of it is just getting the feedback from people because nowadays, this is the best way to get real, honest feedback from people in a, pl- in a time where there's really not a ton of events going on. There's not a lot of engagement with people and you know, I talk with so many brands where they're like, oh yeah, we try to get, we try to get feedback from bud tenders when we drop off samples at the dispensary, but nothing ever happens. We don't know. We don't even know if the samples get to the people. So we help really facilitate something that gets your brand and your product into these people's hands and they actually judge it and they actually give feedback. And that goes back to you guys. So, but more importantly, it's the cannabis cup and it's an illustrious award that, that people like I've handed this over to grown men who have cried in my arms because they've been growing for 30 years in the, you know, underground and having to hide and keep their face out of photos. And now they can actually shine on it and, and take the fruits of their labor and the award that comes with it and just really celebrate their life's work. So it's, it's beautiful to see all that. It, it is. It's a fabulous event. Now, if people wanted to actually go and get involved in it, what are the dates? How would they do that? How would they contact you? 
Yeah, so we have our, uh, we're going to be doing a whole slew of Cannabis Cup competitions in 2022. Um, they can go to CannabisCup.com for more information. They can email us at competition at hightimes.com. Um, and if you go to CannabisCup.com, you'll have, you know, there's links to, hey, do you want to judge? Great, sign up here. Hey, do you want to be a competitor? Sign up here. Um, we're doing a nationwide hemp cup for January. So that's going to be all hemp-derived CBD products that are under 0.3% Delta 9 THC. So any hemp growers out there, any state, we can accept your product and get it out to people. Uh, that's going to be taking place in January. We're going back to Michigan in April. We're going to be doing Southern California for May. And then I am looking to bring this also to Puerto Rico, to Pennsylvania, to Florida, bringing it back to Oregon, bringing it back to Colorado, back to Washington, um, and more markets. Obviously, you know, we had the first launch ever in Massachusetts this year. It was great. So we're definitely going back to Massachusetts. First ever launch happened this year in Arizona, going back to Arizona. Illinois has been an amazing market for us two years in a row. So those are going to be some of our top markets, trying to do one to two competitions a month. So if you're out there, if you make great product and you want feedback, you want to put your product into the competition to go up for a Cannabis Cup award, let us know, competition at hightimes.com or go to cannabiscup.com for more info. Well, we're going to definitely have all those links in our, in our podcast where we put your show up. Your show is probably going to be up in the next couple of weeks before January, so it'll be perfect for the Hemp Cup. Uh, make sure it gets out there. This way, people who do have hemp products like myself have an opportunity to decide whether you want to join your, your amazing competition. And thank you for all you and High Times do for all us little people who actually, like you said, hiding in the background for a long time and now are actually out and open and everybody's allowing us to do what we do. So I appreciate you coming on the show, Mark. I thank you and all of the growers out there who have been in this in this game. I would not be here without you guys. High Times would not be here without you guys. So this this culture is founded on the people who are really putting in the work and who have been putting in the work for long before it was legal. Um, so thank you to you, Gary, and everybody else out there. Appreciate you having me on. Perfect, my friend. You have a great holiday. Enjoy your family and everything else. You too. Thank have you, a good Gary. one. Bye. Good dudes grow 2.0. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0.